Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast here through the smoke. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Special guest in the back, Natalie Urrutia. And in utero, Stella Urrutia. Yeah. So we are here in the Honda Civic uh, recording on an iPhone, just to let you guys know. Uh, Want to highlight, too, before we get started, sub sale going on, 75% off. Uh, get a year's worth of insider coverage, 26 bucks. So many people have already taken advantage of this deal. Want to thank everyone who has done so. Um, this deal runs through Tuesday. I thought it was Monday. Runs through Tuesday. So uh, jump on. Uh, that's a great deal. So uh, Miami 70, Bethune Cookman 13. Again, let's say on the front end, I don't think we can make big sweeping judgments from this game because, you know, Bethune is an FCS opponent um, and Miami uh, handled business. They did what they're supposed to do against this level of an opponent. Um, but I still think it's worth highlighting the big plays. Um, Gabby, I think let's start with the passing game. Tyler Van Dyke looked sharp. I think it was, what, 13-16, 193, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I think it's pretty clear. I mean, we, we kind of figured it would be this way, but it's pretty clear that Xavier Restrepo is his main target. Yeah, I mean, definitely encouraged by, you know, again, just kind of, I think Tyler Van Dyke did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he said 13 of, of 15, 16. 13 of 16. I think they could have been 14 of maybe, I guess, 17. I think they wiped off the Will Mallory uh, pass for like an illegal man downfield. So I think he could have cracked the 200 yard mark. Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty clean game by him, Xavier Restrepo. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious over the course of camp that he was the most consistent receiver. Um, you know, he's kind of like the Tyler Van Dyke's go-to target. They were kind of came in as roommates. They have a really good connection. And I think that was on display today. And, uh, you know, I think it was encouraging to see uh, Restrepo make plays. Uh, receivers, we didn't really see many drops. So, um, you know, overall, I, you know, I think Restrepo is gonna, definitely going to be a go-to target for, for Tyler Van Dyke this season. And it was good to see him kind of, you know, actually make those plays on a Saturday in a game that, you know, he should be making plays in. So, yeah, I was definitely pretty encouraged by that. Run game was clearly uh, a point of emphasis today. 
Um, that's what you do against these FCS teams. Run the ball, uh, win the line of scrimmage with your physicality, and get out uh, with the win. Uh, Henry Parrish uh, definitely got plenty of action today. 14 carries, 108 yards, three touchdowns. Again, it's Bethune-Cookman, so don't want to read too much into it, but I do think we see what makes him an effective running back at this level. I think this translates uh, in terms of like his vision. Uh, he he's, he's sees the holes, and he's a decisive runner, um, so I was encouraged by that. I think, too, the offensive line uh, deserves credit. Again, I know it's Bethune, but allowed zero sacks. Um, and for the game, two tackles for loss. I don't know when those tackles for losses occurred, um, but Bethune-Cookman only had two tackles for loss on the game. I think it's worth noting, too, Keyshawn Smith was very dynamic in the return game. Uh, three returns. He averaged 61 yards per return. Had a touchdown wiped off, uh, you know, stepped out of bounds barely on a review and, and pulled it back. Um, but Gabby... You know, special teams isn't something we really talk about much, but I do think it's fair to say, and again, I know it's Bethune, but um, the analysts that are handling special teams, I think deserve some love for the way they drew it up against Bethune and, and got results with some long returns. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the product of, you know, having really a, a pretty big time special teams, you know, group. Again, the analyst Marwin Malouf is a guy that spent 15 years in the NFL, like really the last 15 years. I think he started in 2005 with the Browns. And, you know, I think he's his last year was in 2020 with the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, you know, I thought it was I don't know. I, I thought it was just really impressive. I, I, I felt like on the returns, I think there was a pretty clear, you know, it seemed like they had a plan, you know, to open up those lanes for, for Keyshawn Smith. I'm obviously not a special teams guru, but it feels like they're definitely getting some high-level coaching. And again, I think this is just a, one of the results of, you know, what Mario Cristobal is able to do with the staff. And, you know, the size of the staff, the quality of, of coaches he was able to attract that wanted to, to be a part of this program. And I think Marwin Mouloof and uh, his assistant, Danny Calter, who actually has been with the program for a while, I think both of them deserve a, a lot of credit for... Uh, you know, that, those big returns from Keyshawn Smith. And then, of course, to Keyshawn Smith for, for finding those gaps and, and being explosive and uh, and definitely dynamic in, in the return game. I mean, I think it helped Miami clearly, definitively uh, win the field position battle, and I think it gave him a lot of short fields to work with. And obviously, that could be the difference in, in some of these games, especially when you start getting into the meat of the schedule. So uh, that was definitely a positive uh, development. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting Andy Borgalis, all his kickoffs went for touchbacks, yeah. uh, which, again, matters in the field position battle. Everything matters. Uh, defense, just want to touch on, you know, had some interceptions. Cam Kitchens had a dynamic interception, very impressive early in the game. Uh, Gilbert Frierson uh, had a pick six in the first half, and James Williams had a nice interception, I believe, in their third down package in which – did a nice job just reading the quarterback the whole way and uh, and made the play. I think Akeem Mesador flashed on defense. Um, he had the pass breakup or the tip at the line of scrimmage that led to the interception on Gilbert Frierson's pick six. I also think, too, Leonard Taylor flashed today, particularly in the first quarter, um, really that first drive. I think he, his energy was good and uh, was pretty disruptive in the backfield. Anything you want to highlight on defense, Gabby, before we, we get to, I don't know, the bad or some things that we think 
need to improve coming off of this game? Yeah, no, I mean, I think my big takeaway is Akeem Mesador, and uh, I-, I thought he was really, really good, uh, you know, all afternoon. I thought he just made a bunch of different plays. I thought he just, I don't know, I thought he was probably one of the best defenders on the field. I mean, I was really, really impressed by, by what he was able to do and how he was able to impact the game. And, of course, it is Bethune-Cookman, but, you know, getting your hands on a... Um, you know, on a pass like that, that leads to a turnover. Like those are the types of plays that matter. And uh, I think that's what Miami brought Akeem Mesador in here to do. So it was encouraging to see him, you know, kind of from game one, kind of be the player that I think we both thought that he would be David. So, I mean, hopefully we just get a little bit more of that as the season goes on. All right. The things that we kind of need to clean up, I think we need to see clean up moving forward. Um, I think the cornerback play needs to tighten up some. Yeah. Uh, you know, early in the game, seemed like DJ Ivy was, I don't know, took a while to settle into the game, I think is a way to say it. Had a missed tackle. Um, you know, coverage was was not as tight as you would like. I think that could be said of the a lot of the court cornerbacks in general on the day. Um, so that's a position group to watch moving forward. Um, I think the defensive line, uh, you know, part of this is you got to give credit to Bethune Cookman for having athletic quarterbacks. Um, but I think they need to do a better job of containing those mobile quarterbacks, particularly in on third down, uh, Bethune Cookman converted five of 13 third downs on the day. And a lot of those were the quarterbacks, um, you know, making plays with their legs when, uh, when nothing else was there. So, uh, some things to clean up. I think, too, Gabby, zero targets for Keyshawn Smith. I know coming into the game, you and I both, you know, wanted to see the outside receivers um, make some sort of plays. Yeah. Zero targets for Keyshawn Smith. I don't know if that's like, I don't think it's a situation where he wasn't getting open or anything like that. I think the game plan today was just kind of run the ball. Um you know, Tyler has a good connection with Xavier Restrepo. Tyler has a good connection with Will Mallory. But personally, I wish that Keyshawn Smith got some looks in the passing game today. Yeah, no, same. De- I mean, definitely feel the same. I mean, again, he's I feel like he's kind of the guy that we've kind of circled and been like, you know, if any of these outside receivers are going to step up, you know, we kind of hope that it is Keyshawn Smith. So um, for him to, you know, again, and I think maybe a product of that could be, you know, again, a long return, shorter field. I think that maybe took, I don't know. I'm trying to like find excuses for him, but you know, just, uh, you know, the, the fact that he just didn't get targeted. I don't know. I feel like that's something that looks back at me and I'm just like, I don't, I, that's just not something I expected. I think we both said that he would hope like we well, we hoped i guess that he would lead the team in in receiving yards uh this game and for him to not get a target i think is uh something and you know i think they tried to take some downfield shots i think you know tyler van dyke t- like took kind of like xavier strepo on a deep post it looked like or corner um so i don't know man i just i don't like that T- Keyshawn smith didn't get at least a chance yeah. to make a play downfield and again maybe the, it's not that there wasn't an opportunity but the fact that it didn't happen and just what we how we feel about the receivers and just the situation in general i would just would have liked to have seen it yeah and i think it's more of a at least for me i'm it's more of a criticism of the coaches for not getting him involved not a criticism of Keyshawn. yeah um gabby you wrote today during the game uh your assignment was keeping a close eye on the true freshman that got into the game. So give us your most interesting points 
in that article. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like to me, it, it seems to me like uh, Nigel E. Kelly is the freshman that maybe they trust most at this point. I think he got into the game sooner than a lot of the other freshmen. I think he made his first appearance with like, I think it was like seven minutes left in the second quarter. So I feel like they kind of threw him in there uh, pretty early on. And I think when they started to kind of mix in the freshmen, uh, especially in the second half, I think Nigel E. Kelly played a few, played a series or maybe two um, with a lot of the starters or, you know, the regular rotational guys that they would typically mix in. So I think it's notable that uh, Nigel E. Kelly got a, an okay chunk of, of time with those guys and uh you know i think he, then he kind of stayed on the field and you know i think he did some some pretty good things and and all that i don't think he made any like wow plays but uh i think he i think it's notable that he was the guy on there on the field most um you know just kind of you know looking even looking at some of the i'm trying to think of who else i mean wesley oh wesley Bassain. i mean i think he was the first true freshman on the field period because he got the start with the kickoff coverage so um you know he was you know running up the running up the field just to open the game and he stayed on that unit you know throughout the process so i mean that's obviously a huge star you know they always talk about if you want to kind of get on the field it starts with what you do on special teams and seems like wesley Bassaint's getting a shot to do that there um late in the game i think they had like a an all d an all freshman type of defense where they just let all the kids play out there and i don't know i thought markeith williams made a really really good play there where he kind of you know sniffed out a, a swing pass to the running back and you know he was kind of there to meet him for just a one yard gain when it could have been something longer if he wasn't in that position to make that play so i thought markeith williams uh you know took advantage of an opportunity late in the game to to show that he can you know read that type of stuff all right good stuff gabby read his article on inside um just want to get some housekeeping stuff out of the way in terms of suspensions and injuries uh after the game mario cristobal announced jacoby george is serving a two-game suspension jalen harrell a two-game suspension isaiah horton a one-game suspension jalen knighton uh was held out of the game with a soft tissue injury uh he went through pregame warm-ups um but I think he's kind of dealing with a nagging hamstring injury. So it's probably best to let him rest up from that. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark sustained what looked like maybe an ankle injury during the game. Mario said uh, all indications from the trainers after the game are that he will be fine. And the same with Leonard Taylor, who he said sustained a stinger. Um, but he thinks he will be fine too. Gabby, let's get out of here on this uh, recruiting minute. What do we need to know about Miami's recruiting efforts during the Bethune-Cookman game? Yeah, I, I think maybe the most interesting visitor, uh, top 247 wide receiver Tyler Williams was uh, made his way down. I talked to him after. He's sticking to that September 27th commitment date. Um, he didn't rule out potentially returning to Miami for an official visit before he makes that announcement. So I think that that's pretty interesting. He he said he might go to campus tomorrow, but um, you know he said that he, he he is really looking at Miami. And again, he said once he commits on September 27th, that's kind of it for him. So um, he said the only other visit he might take before then is an official visit to Miami. So that's something to watch for the next uh, you know, couple weeks. I don't know if Miami's interested in burning one of those official visits this early in the game for a product like that, just based on some conversations after, but I think that's pretty interesting. Georgia Tech A&M, the other two to watch. Uh, top 247 cornerback Damari Brown is someone we reported, I think late last night, was coming. He made it in, uh, still plans on taking an official visit to 
uh, Miami on September 23rd. And then he said he could make a commitment after all his visits are done. And he didn't rule out, uh, you know, maybe something after a visit, which is something he kind of mentioned. So uh, I think those are two big uncommitted guys. And, uh, you know, uh, what else? There's a whole new recruiting the pregame and postgame recruiting section at Hard Rock Stadium right outside, which is a, I think it's a place they use for the F1, but it's a, a definitely a big spot where they, they, you know, dressed it up with balloons and all that and tables and, you know, decor and all that stuff. And that's where the recruits were at before Mario Cristobal made his way over there along with, you know, really, it seems like every member of the coaching staff. Um, and, uh, you know, they all made it a priority to get in there and do some recruiting both pre and post game. So, uh, I think that's something cool to kind of know moving forward. And, uh, you know, a lot of good feedback from the recruits on that area and how, uh, how much of an impact that that could potentially be both pre and post game. All right. Good stuff. Again, we have a 75% off Labor Day sale going on 26 bucks for a year's worth of insider coverage. That wraps this Instant Reaction podcast. Miami 70, Bethune-Cookman 13. Until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.